This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, December 14th, and this is Season 5, Episode 15 of the Four Stars Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Lucas. Hello, hello. Returning to the podcast, Catherine. Hi. And we have Kevin. What's up, guys? So, uh, Kevin, I want to give you a chance to defend yourself. You weren't on last week, but we had, I think, three separate questions about um, your watching of the North London Derby last week. So, let's let's get, give you a chance to set set it to rest what what happened there uh i think it's just been completely blown out of proportion i was literally watching the entire game like (laughs) i was just out in nature hitting a ball around while watching the game so i have no reason to defend myself you know if nathan wants to come after me on twitter and facebook and everything you know i'll burn his house down so whatever (laughs) How did you make contact with the ball while you were watching the game, just out of curiosity? Well, I had it playing on a Bluetooth speaker as well. So if I wasn't actually physically watching, I was listening. There was actually one point in uh, I was playing against somebody, obviously, and I had a really big putt, and it was right towards the end. Uh, well, no, it, it must have been earlier than that. But at some point, I was standing over a putt, and the announcers were getting really excited for Arsenal, like they were about to score. And I just had to step back, and everybody started laughing at me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I, I'm not, I can't putt during this. I have to wait a second until it's over to find out what happens. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, whatever. People watch games on flights and all kinds of things all the time. I have no reason to defend myself. I'm totally happy with the way I watch the game. It was so much fun. Well, and well, I, got fair, to, I got to talk shit to Chelsea fans the whole time, so that enough, was fun too. When we can start filling up bars again, people can start complaining if you're out playing golf, and I and we certainly will if you're out playing golf. When yeah, if the Atlantic would have been open, you know, I'd have been there. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, I want to start the conversation today. So this morning, uh, early here in Chicago, uh, later in the day for you in England, Catherine, uh, uh, we had the Europa League draw. So. Um, uh, I think we uh, scored a pretty good draw, so we we landed uh, Wolfsburg, who's uh, another uh, Austrian team. So uh, so we already took on uh, uh, Lask in the the uh, uh, the group stage. Uh, so we're, now we're we're, we're I, I guess an advanced squad in their league. Um, but I think as far as the teams that were available go, they're. Like about as easy as they get. I mean, you can't overlook anybody, of course. You have to take it all seriously. But it seems pretty easy to me. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, first little tidbit. They're the smallest city to ever make it into the knockout rounds of Europa. I think I saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like tiny. Um, 25,000. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's a shame that there won't be fans there, I guess. Like when we go to their place. But uh, we avoided, like, a million terrible draws. So that's, you know, even if it was an okay draw, I'd have been very happy because 
uh, I think it was Rick told us in the group chat today, every top of the table team is in Europa or not in a a European tournament at this point. So avoiding all of those was the goal. And we did that. So I can't complain about the draw. I think it's fantastic. It's probably the best draw we could have got really. Yeah. When when you look at it, like, and you you look at like, uh, you see club brews with Real Sociedad. That's like a a Manchester United in uh, Benfica. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this wrong. Back Dynamo Kiev and Club Bruges, Real Sociedad and Man United is what we had. Benfica with Arsenal. Um, you know, some of the teams like Antwerp we know a little bit about now with Rangers. Uh, um, Prague got uh, Leicester. Um, I think we did pretty good. You know, like Young Boys and Leverkusen. Uh Let's see, Tel Tel Aviv and Shakhtar. Those Uh, are just like a couple places you don't really want to go, not necessarily teams you don't want to play. Yeah, it's not not about the teams whatsoever. Um, So I I think we did fairly well, like Olympiacos and PSV. I mean, um, like that, like either of those teams would have been a little bit more tricky. But I think uh, Wolfsburg, we did pretty good. We can probably treat it like the group stage with just a li- maybe a little bit more meat on the potatoes when we're putting our squad together. I think it should be pretty fun. Uh, what do you think, Lucas? I think the most important thing for me is it's who we're playing. Like competition. The easier sides you could have that massive transport back on a Thursday night and then have a big game on Sunday morning. Like the travel things can get really hectic, especially as we get into like that January, February period when Epic comes up league cup, if we get past Stoke is going to be ramped up again. So there's going to be a massive fixture congestion. So I'm glad that we're not going somewhere we get far and Wolfsburg themselves. Look, we already took care of last. That was no bother. And Wolfsburg is 10 points below them in the league. So this should be no problem for us. Yeah. Uh, Catherine. I was just going to say that I, I know that we're saying that this is probably the best draw, but we should probably also come clean and say we none of us know anything about the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and truth. So, yeah. so that should kind of come first. I, I did a little research today um, about them. And so some of the some of the names that we should probably be watching out for, judging by the statistics that have come in past games, whether in the Austrian Bundesliga or in Europe League are Zinger, Jovlik, Lindel, and Baumgartner. And then also, if you need to um, get more information, there's some really good press kits on the UEFA website. And then there's also a, a podcast made from three British guys called The Other Bundesliga. And so if you want to like listen up and, and see what's going on um, with, well, with our former opponents, Lask or with Wolfsberger, listen to that. And otherwise, uh, it should be noted that we're not actually playing at their home stadium. We're playing at Klagenfurt's in um, at Werthersee Stadion. And so that's about an hour's drive from Wolfsburg. Oh, but it's okay. still... Is that just because of Europa or COVID? Or what I haven't the seen anything online, but I'm assuming it's because of uh, UEFA and FIFA compliance with competitions that they hold. So um, as Werthersee 
is 30,000 seat stadium. And it, so it, it would have VAR capabilities and so on and so forth. It can hold the, the entire population of the yeah city. versus the seventy three hundred <laughs> stadium. Gotcha. Uh, so. Well, uh, definitely some good information there, Catherine. You did more research than any of us did, so <laughs> thank you for that. And like, and and when we get closer, we'll probably have to take a uh, a closer look at that. But we have until the new year to till we have to worry about uh, facing this team. So I think we probably should grow into all these other topics that we have so much to talk about today. Um, and I want to start the conversation today with uh, the, the midweek match that we played against Royal Antwerp. Uh, so we had uh, kind of blew it against Lask uh, with the, draw, the 3-3 draw last week. And we kind of, um, there were two ways we could go. We've already advanced. Uh, if, we don't, if we're not worried about who we're going to draw, uh, we don't need to win this game. Um, we've already, but, or if we win this game, we take the group and then we make sure that we can avoid some of those uh, Champions League knockout group teams and it seems like we kind of took the, uh, the the ladder and said like no let's win this game make sure that we take the group and be pretty confident in our draw which I, I think was probably a fairly smart move despite the co- fixture congestion um, and we came away with the 2-0 win um, uh, we you know we had a pretty uh, Cool goal from both Benicius and then LaCelso later. Um, I, I think it was probably uh, um, not, not the the best performance that we've seen, but we are enough to do the job. What do you think, Kevin? Um, well, speaking on whether or not we were taking it like to win or not, I think Jose's reaction to the second goal spoke volumes to he was there to win this game and to win the group. Um, and it might not have been an overall great perform uh, best, not great i'm not going to say that we won 2-0 but oh, it's not our overall best but lacelso was fantastic throughout the entire game mm-hmm. um definitely his best best game i can remember from him in a very long time um not that he's been bad or anything but he just really controlled everything uh easily man of the match for me um you know just did everything he's supposed to do he's what that's what we've been like wanting to see from him and it was nice to see see him actually you know be able to put it together after this kind of string of injury and missing some time and only being able to kind of come off the bench most of the time to replace uh Ndombele. so seeing him you know be able to put in a performance was great um and yeah i you know we did our job we did exactly what jose wanted us to do and you know got the the three points and won the group lucas Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it seemed very clinical on our side. It didn't look exactly aesthetically pleasing the whole time, but I mean, we controlled the ball. They didn't really have anything resembling a threat to the entire game. I think I could have probably stood between the sticks and two shots, a, zero on target. Yeah, exactly. I could have stood there and kept a clean sheet, which means that's a pretty job well done by Spurs. Um, I think the big thing for me was that I, I I don't care as much about like avoiding certain teams in the draw. Look, when you get down to the knockout stage, you've got to play these guys and some really talented teams. You really need to have that second leg at home. And that's what was important to me about winning the group because I really wanted to make sure we had that second leg so we can go to their place in that first leg. It, it just allows us so much more flexibility to do things the way we want to do them instead of being kind of thrown under the gun. But, yeah, I think it was really clinical. 
Bill played great. Great. Um, free kicks again, like he did in old school Europa. It looked like it was, it, even though the goal took about 50 or whatever minutes to get there, like it was, it was always coming and you could feel it throughout the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Catherine? Well, I was kind of just wanting to agree with what Kevin and Lucas were saying because I was taking notes because I knew that I was going to be on today. So I was feverishly typing up during the game what I thought was happening. And I I thought it at first, in the first like 10 or so minutes, the midfield with Wings and Loselso was pretty chippy and a little bit uh, just... It, it wasn't working as well as you would have thought. And then once Lo Celso matured into the game, he, like what Kevin was saying, he was easily the man of the match. He he got so stuck in with everything that he had to do. He was passing delightfully. He had creative dri- dribbling. He was um, just, his work rate was just second to none. He was just, even defensively. And I was, really impressed with him but then also uh one one of my notes was that even for Bale and I don't remember when this was because um I'm I don't remember but um I said that he looked very sprightly and a little bit like Tigger because he was so energetic and just like bouncing all over the place and that's what you want to see from our attack yeah Yeah, it was I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. I just had a little thing about Bale. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was this the game where he had that little move in the corner? Or was that last? I can't remember. Um, I think that was where he had last. like four. He had like four guys on him, and he just like I don't know. It was just amazing that he got away from all four. Of I them. know what you're talking about, and I can't remember which match it was. Either. I just re- yeah, remember I he was. Yeah, I don't know. I know it was Europa League, but I can't remember which game it was. Sorry. I think I'm it could have been this one because uh, this one seemed, and I was going to comment on LaCelso, like it seemed like he was re- really able, it wasn't a very physical game. Uh, it felt like he was able to just move through space very easily, like he, he unchallenged at times. And I I think the the same thing with Bale. So I, that's why I think it was this this match where it may have been, he may, may have been just been dribbling circles around people in the corner for a bit. Uh, but but on a whole, like it was nice to to see us be able to take on a team that clearly isn't as good a, a, as us and 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 show that that our skill will just supersede anything that they can put together or any game plan that they can come up with. Uh, Catherine, yeah, I was I was wanting to not only focus on attack but with our defense. If you don't talk about them much, you know that's a good game because they're not being put to use that much. And so I thought that with the Sanchez, Davis, and Tanganga trio, they were so strong. And then also I didn't even realize that like Doherty was there. And, and Regulon, you always know, because he's just bombing up and down the pitch. But um, they were all very just solid, and and I'm glad that they were all back there and getting minutes from the game. Yeah, with the three at the back, I was hoping to see a lot more on attack from Doherty in this one. Um, I, I thought like, okay, well, he's a wing back. We, we've we asked him to be a, a right back now at, at Spurs, and it's he's having trouble growing into that position. But I thought, look, well, this is his opportunity. We get, we have, th- have three at the back. He, he can bomb forward and do his thing. Uh, we have another fast winger, so we have, can have two guys bombing and, and see what happens. And 
it didn't seem like they made the most out of that combination. That was one of the things that I didn't like with his performance. But I do think the three at the back probably was a smart idea for this match. Um, just uh, just make sure that they don't get anything across the board, and uh, we 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 get we hold whatever uh, we do get in. Um, the substitutions. I mean, I know there was uh, Winks wasn't happy about subbed off so early. Uh, that was certainly an issue for him. Um, um, and, and we're going to have to start thinking about whether Winks wants to stick around with us, which is kind of sad when the guy, kid, somebody who's been with us since he was, what, five years old? But um, but there, there are some questions there that kind of came out of his early substitution that, like, well, you know, we were winning 1-0, then 2-0. Why did he need to come off? Uh, why did not let him see it out? Why did we have to put the bring the big guns on? But uh, Jose seemed to want to get those guys some minutes before the weekend, which I can understand as well. Um, but uh, I want to go to a question that we have because um, this one goes to we did not put Delhi in this game. Now, granted, Delhi did make it in this squad. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes against Palace, uh, but he did not make it into this game. Um, and Sai asks us the question, should Delhi be loaned out this January? What do you guys think, uh, Kevin? I mean, I think the obvious answer is yes. I mean, he's 24, got Euros coming up, and he's not getting playing time. I think whether – and, I mean, it's not – we've said this over and over. Like, he doesn't really fit anywhere right now for us. Um, and as much as I love him, I would. I think he needs to go somewhere. Um whether that's a loan or even, I mean, I, I don't think we'll sell them in January, but I think even if we loan them out, that might come with a buy option. Um, the teams I've seen them linked to, uh, out of all of them, I think PSG probably fits them the best. Um, I think he would annihilate the French League with his little flicks and his flair. He would fit there so well. He'd have a lot more time on the ball um, than he does in England. I think that's that would be a... Not only a great fit for him, but it would give him some confidence, I think. Uh, so if he does come back, you know, maybe it pushes him to, you know, you know, really push for a place somewhere in the squad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think he would do very, very well on loan uh, into the French League for sure. Yeah, and that's a good way that like if our coaching situation changes in a year and a half, as tends to happen with Jose, um, <laughs> which. I hope it doesn't. If we, like we start winning stuff, maybe he will stick a little bit longer with us, and we can continue on success. But assuming that that does happen, it would be nice to be able to bring back some of these other players for the next coach that might might have use for for some of them in a different type of system. So he's uh, got to get rid of that off god awful mustache, though. Yeah, yeah, it is mustache. like as a man with a mustache. I just, right I just now, did. Like, <laughs> his is just terrible. It is just really. It looks like he's like a teenager trying to like grow it out wherever it'll grow in kind of thing and it's just like halfway around his lips like it's it is not a good look well well, i think this is probably a good place for us to go to mvp lvp for this match and i think we're mostly going to agree on mvp and uh, and i'll start clearly we've talked about him most with celso i think it has to be for this one i mean he was just fantastic he he overwhelmed his opponent he got the goal Mm -hmm. like um he he certainly set the pace um, and for a squad that's definitely leaning towards Ndombele being the starter and, uh, and LaSalle more being our option off the bench, um, I, I think it was nice to, to, to see him have a really good performance here. Uh, so, Kevin? 
Yeah, Los Celso, one hundred percent. For everything you said and we've already said, I don't, I don't think I can say any more good things about him. Okay, uh, Lucas. Uh, yeah, Geo, hundred percent. Okay, Catherine. GLC. How uh, how else can we say his name? <laughs> uh, how about let's go to Chelso, oh. as the uh, English announcers yeah. say. Gio- hey, Giovanni. <laughs> How about we go to LVP for this one, and I'll start. We'll go reverse order this time. Uh, we'll start with Catherine. Uh, um, oh, jeez. Do you have somebody for LVP for this match? I don't think so. Not for this match. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's pretty hard to name anybody LVP, and I mean it was basically a practice session. It felt like for most of it, so I don't think anybody looked in any way negative. So it's pretty hard. Yeah. I don't know. It was harsh of like the people that came off early. Like you can feel bad for the Winks who didn't really have a particularly bad. He was a bit invisible at times, um, but um, but I, I can't point to him having a bad performance whatsoever. Um, and even like some of the defenders that have that looked pretty weak, like Sanchez. Like I didn't. Uh, I don't feel like he was particularly weak this match. Uh, Lucas, do you have anybody? Wouldn't give it. I think everyone did their job. Some better than others, but yeah. Okay, sounds sounds good. Well, let's let's move the conversation along then to uh, the second match that we had just this past weekend. So this one might be a little bit more controversial. Um, this was uh, Crystal Palace away this Sunday. Uh, so we came into it. We're sitting in first place in the league. Um, with with a win, we can assure that we stay at the top. Now, now, granted, we don't know what the results after us were going to be, which we end up being a bit lucky with uh, Liverpool after us uh, uh, drawing uh, uh, Fulham um, and um, in earlier um, uh, Chelsea losing losing their match. Uh, uh, kind of gave us the opportunity to. Um, to, to, to stay put, but we drew this one 1-1. One, one. Um, it was kind of a uninspiring performance. What we seemed to see was that um, we had to give up that goal. Like So we, we got our first uh, uh, our Harry Kane pretty impressive goal, um, but then when they equalized in the 81st minute, then all of a sudden we came alive like, uh, like we had the skill to score goals and we had just put it to rest. Um, so maybe the the strategy kind of failed for the win here. But what do you guys think on this? Uh, let's start with Kevin. I think I have probably a different outlook on this than most people. Um, I'm not terribly upset with the performance. A lot of people went straight to Twitter, you know, criticizing Jose and his style of play. Um, the second half, I'm, I'm I was not impressed, obviously. But um, I think it's kind of the way we've been playing. We just weren't getting the interceptions to actually counter in the second half. I don't know. I don't know if that was I don't think Jose was like, yeah, don't in the locker room, like, don't go out and intercept the ball in the second half. Just let him hold on to it. So I think, you know, and if I think everybody's also looking at the other results a little bit. And using that as a w- reason to be upset, like, oh, 
if we would have won, we'd have even more room. Like, we're on top of the fucking table. Like, I'm not going to be upset about a 1-1 draw on the road in the league against a very good Palace team. They just put up five last weekend, right? And, yeah, they were kind of all over us for a little while. And they got, you know, we all knew that goal was coming, I think. I think that's when it got frustrating was, like, Jose didn't kind of do something when we were all seeing it just it's coming like any second now um but overall I'm, i mean i'm not gonna like get super upset about this one um you know we have liverpool on wednesday that's absolutely massive it's not an excuse but i bet some players had that on their mind a little bit um jose may have had that on his mind at halftime too trying to save some legs uh trying not to run as much um, and trying to just close them down and try to hold on for the win. But I don't know. I, I think, like I said, that's probably a pretty different outlook than most people are having right now. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, Lucas, I'm going to go to you, and I'm sure it's going to roll right into what you're going to say anyway, but we have a, a second question from Cy. Uh, do you think up 1-0 on Palace was enough to just sit back and defend? Uh, this team is strong enough to get up a couple a goal a couple goals on most squads before parking the bus is what he says should we so i think he's asking should we have really pushed pushed for two goals before we sat back this way uh lucas well um, <clears throat> i think it's hilarious because i was actually going to ask you to read size question <laughs> I think my 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 big problem was that there wasn't a clear game like even if jose's game plan was like let's come out and park the bus i can live with that and i love that it, that is what we did it against city we did it against like we did it against chelsea we did it against arsenal not one of them got a goal past us after the first 30 minutes it was pretty obvious the only way that palace was going to score is on the counter so if we just gave him the ball and said we're going to park the bus that would have been fine by me. I'd have said, good luck. Have fun trying to crack us. City couldn't. You, have, you try it. So the problem with me was that it seemed that second year that sometimes we like tried to go forward and we'd lose the ball and get caught out of position. And within seconds, they're throwing it down our throat in a counterattack. And then other chances, like we're parking the bus and we're not. So it was like this weird mix that just seemed like no one really knew what the game plan was. And then to add and make it more frustrating was as soon as they did, we absolutely started pouring it on them. And it's like, okay, so that was an option too. Apparently we could have just poured forward, like pour forward or park the bus. Like, I don't care which pick one instead of this weird blend that clearly didn't work. Cause when we did pour forward, it worked. When we sat back and had numbers behind the ball, there's nothing they could do to hurt us. But this weird mix is where we got caught in. And they, like Kevin said, we knew it was coming. It, mm-hmm. You could, yeah. Just Kevin, how, how about yeah, you? I just wanted to uh, kind of play on that. First off, probably should have been up like 3-0 at halftime. Their keeper just absolutely stood on his head, made some ridiculous saves, even in the second half as well. Um, but to kind of go back to what uh, Lucas was saying, um, I think that it was very wide open at the beginning, probably the first 30, 40 minutes of, of the game. I don't know if we could have sustained that I think they still probably would have scored had we continued the same tactics as in the first half. Cause that was, that was the most end to end game 
we've played in a very long time at the, in that first 30 minutes. I mean, it was going back and forth constantly. I was very worried they were going that we were going to give up a goal then. I kept in every group chat I'm in with Tottenham fans, I was saying, we need to get a goal as soon as possible or they're going to get one. Um, so us getting one and then deciding to change the tactics in the second half, again, I just I see what Jose's thought process was, and I don't really have a huge, huge problem with it. Catherine? Well, I don't know if this is a time for a conclusion or summation, but my summation of Lucas and Kevin's points are, and I agree with them, is that, and I'm not a parent, but I feel like, kind of like what Kevin was saying, eh, like, not that it's expected, but I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, um, because the ref XG was 1.8, Palace is 1.1, and so by expected goals, it really should have been 2-1. to Um, But when you... One, don't finish your chances, like what you guys have been saying. Two, you have an amazing opponent in goal who's just having a cruel game. That's a play on words. Um, <laughs> and, and three, if you don't defend and park the bus as you should, and you have this kind of amalgamation of a, of a game plan, then you get a draw like we had. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um... Uh, any other final points on this Crystal Palace match before we go to MVP, LVP? Uh, Lucas? Uh, I'll keep this quick. Um, <clears throat> there is reason for optimism. I'm kind of like Kevin where I'm not going to freak out about this. And the reason is if this were Pochettino, I would absolutely be putting my hand through some drywall. <laughs> and the reason being is because when this happened under Pochettino, a result like that, you could probably expect it about a week and a half down the road against someone. Under Jose, every time we've had some kind of result that didn't go our way for a certain reason, whether it being our own fault or, or, or like, so I'm very much hoping that under we can keep this we can keep this up under Mourinho and keep learning from our mistakes and not see it again. So as yeah. Jose mind games, he did this on purpose. <laughs> so that we're so that we're ready to go destroy Liverpool at Anfield on Wednesday. Just like just like the West Ham three three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, and I haven't commented much. I'll kind of wrap up the conversation just by saying like these matches happen, and like and with this tough fixture congestion that we've been going through, I mean the fact that we drew Crystal Palace and we didn't lose to them. It wasn't like a dumb loss or something like that. That just. Uh, uh, knocked the heart out of us and put uh, put Liverpool ahead of us on the table. We held on to the. We found a way to help, hold on to the table. We uh, we still got a point out of a tough fix away fixture, um, which which happens. It's like uh, like even teams at the top of the league don't win every single match and every single match against a middle of the table si- side. And Crystal Palace is like what upper middle of the table? Like they're uh, they're better than Arsenal. Then Liverpool gets smacked three 0 by Watford last year, who got relegated. Yeah, and yeah. they also lost seven two like, to Aston Villa. Like it happened. Yeah, right. Like I mean, and yeah. like I so like we were saying earlier, it happens like, in this league. Yeah. yeah, and Palace are very capable of scoring goals. Uh, Eze or Easy or however the hell you say his name, that guy is phenomenal. I wish we mm-hmm. had him on our squad. 
Zaha also yeah. a great play. I mean, he's got seven goals and 10 appearances now, which is he had four all of last year. So, I mean, he's clicking like he's fully committed. I think as a or however the hell you say his name has really fueled him. So like, you had like IU saying, and you had IU and Townsend on the bench here, too. I mean, it was like they had guys that they could bring in that could still be capable players. I mean, uh, yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of here with this. It, it happens. Uh, we're still in good position. Uh, we move on. Like, um, I don't think we need to overreact to it. Like, I, I think we fall into this trap too much where we just overreact to, to, to what happens all the time. Uh, let's go to MVP, LVP. So let's start with Kevin uh, first for MVP. Oh, um, it's kind of hard because that second half there wasn't. You couldn't name an MVP for the second half. So I mean, I, I guess you got to go with Harry. Um, scored the goal, did a lot. He was clearing balls uh, on corners and set pieces for us. Just doing Harry things that we've been watching him do for fucking so many years that all these assholes on Twitter and stuff just literally ignore and shit on him for like the smallest thing when he's oh, we, probably well, we, we were going to feel the question second half about that so don't, okay don't, we'll, well get to real on that. like uh, yeah all right well I'll, I'll hold off on a rant for that uh but yeah I guess um, if you're going to give it to somebody I guess it's going to be Harry um probably got a little lucky on that goal to be honest live it looked way better and then when you see the replay, you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> probably should have saved that one. Um, like when it went in, I was like, oh, shit, that was fucking world class. Harry from way outside the box. Blah. And then you see the replay and you're just like, hmm, suspect. Uh, <laughs> but Harry's definitely got to be it. I mean, he got very unlucky on his header that Gaida made a ridiculous reaction save too. You know, he could have had a couple. So, yeah, Harry's going to be my MVP, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities that, that, like, he did stand on his head. You have a good point there. I mean, like, we should have had more goals in this one with the way we played. Uh, Lucas? Or did we lose Lucas? There he is. MVP, Lucas? Can you hear me? Yeah, no, we can, yeah. Yeah, mine... Okay, yeah, mine was uh, actually Toby. I felt that... We gave the ball away against a team that we knew was trying to counterattack. We gave the ball away very sloppy in their half, which led to some very threatening moments. And I thought Toby was clinical in cleaning up other people's messes. So I thought Toby was really, really important for us yesterday. He's my MVP. Good shot. Good, good point. Yeah. Catherine? Well, besides Crystal Palace's goalkeeper, Guiata <laughs> or Gaiata, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he um, might be everyone's MVP. Fuck that guy. Fuck that. He's my LVP. <laughs> but I would say... Yeah, he's the most valuable person. Per- <laughs> I, I mean, he, he was for for them, at least. Um, but I would say either Kane, because he did have a very high work rate with everything that went on. But then also, maybe even Dyer a little bit, because he actually had this, like, blistering speed at one yeah. point and i was and, like and that free what, kick what was... just happened and and kane so then similar to what what you're kind of talking about kevin kane like is now maybe allowing dyer to take free kicks and so he almost got a goal not that it counts as a goal but it, that kind of pushes him up into contention for my mvp spot that I, that should have went in <laughs> i don't know I, like i was i could not believe he made that save 
Hence the Guayata as my MVP. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Kane, but um, I want to give a shout to... like And Dombele, I, I, when he came off, like this game changed and we struggled a lot more, it felt like. like it was a the whole second that's half a, problem. That's and, a recurring theme. And it's a recurring theme, but uh, but it was clear that like we we felt in control. Like I felt like we were gonna see, we could see out the 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 uh, the one nil lead in the second half when Ndombele was still on. I was just like, yeah, we're we're fine. We've got this. Even if we don't try it for the second goal, we're good. He came off, and then things kind of changed where it felt like a little bit more out of control. So I want to give a shout to Ndombele, but I think you're right. It was probably Harry Kane for well, everything that he did. But Ndombele, get, uh, he's not so unsung anymore. He, he, he's definitely a hero of our squad that we seem to need every get, match. Um, uh, yeah, Lucas. So I want to uh, uh, shout uh, out. <laughs> well, we've had that conversation. Like I said, <laughs> I want, hey, if we win the trophy, a trophy with him, like I said, I will buy that cake. I'll write in Dombele on it myself, and I will eat my own words. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Well, great conversation, guys. Like, a great half. Uh, we, we didn't still... do LVP. Oh, we didn't do LVP. We do have to do LVP. Just say the whole team. So That's my do... choice. I didn't, I didn't have one either. <laughs> there, were, there were too many people that I thought like were disappointing. I didn't have a specific guy. And to say, like, Hugo or Serge or, like, Bergvine, like that would all just be lazy. I I, I could see an argument for Surge. I could see an argument for Bergvine. I don't. Th- I think Hugo would be lazy. Uh, but does anybody have somebody that they really uh, speak strongly to for LVP? You could argue Sun. I think. Um, yeah. I don't think he did much. Yeah. He got the he got the assist on Kane's goal. Ghost. But yeah. like that's but that's Sun. That's what you get with him, right? He's either. Absolutely world class, amazing, best player on the pitch, or he kind of fades in and you don't see him. Um, not that I mean, that's like a very small criticism, it's not like it happens all the time or anything, but he has those games where he just kind of fades into the background and you don't really notice that he's on the pitch much. Uh, I, I think you could make an argument for him being LVP, yeah. I think that's a good, uh, I was good gonna- say real quick kevin i was gonna say even that assist was kind of like yeah it was a quote-unquote yeah he gave the ball to harry kane in the midfield basically (laughs) not threatening position like in harry kane's harry kane so yeah no that's uh like and we've seen that go the other way where harry kane gives the ball to the sun and sun makes amazing run and cuts across and scores something amazing but this time it was like harry's turn to just uh Pull off the magic and, um, and and give Son a free assist. So I, I can't I can't judge him for that. But yeah, I think g- good conversations there. LVP's tough this one though, even though the whole team just was I think a little subpar. But I think it was part of the game plan that just kind of just didn't work out at the end. Uh, and I don't think that was necessarily Jose's fault. I think it was a good strategy given our fixture congestion and and what we're going for as a team. It just. Uh, this one just happened to not work out quite as well as we would have liked, but we still got the point. So, um, but great conversation on the uh, the first half. We do have two games to preview in the second half. We have Liverpool coming up Wednesday and Leicester City on Sunday. Um, but first, we have two halftime segments to go to. So first, we're going to go to 
Catherine Spurs women, then Luke's lock. So go ahead, Catherine. All right. Well, as you can tell, I am back with another Spurs women update. And this is one of the story of loss and redemption. Okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I at least have your attention now. So last month, you might recall how I mentioned the team had been a bit shaky with a poor start to the season. However, now at the time of recording this, Spurs women are eighth out of the 12-team table. Also in that time, as you can gather since the team has moved up slightly in the table, or as you saw on social media or watched on the FA player, uh, Spurs women grabbed their first win against Brighton. Uh, Karis Harrop opened the scoring in the 11th minute, and then Brighton grabbed the equalizer in the 33rd off a penalty kick, but Spurs women came back in the second half with an Angela Addison goal in the 63rd. And then finally, to round out that scoreline, U.S. international Alex Morgan scored her first goal for the club, a penalty in the 84th minute. Um, it should be noted that last time I was on, I also mentioned that Ashley Neville had been interviewed saying that the team needed more goals than just spot kicks. Although it's just one game for Brighton, the Brighton game at least, and it was just one goal. If you just watched the highlights of the match, and I recommend that you do, it's great to see the tenacity of Angela Addison on the second goal because it was an open play goal and she just made that happen. Um, also, one more thing from the Brighton match that must be mentioned is that forward Jess Naz came on as a substitute for Alana Kennedy in the 85th minute. And that was her, those were her first minutes after 481 days off from her ACL injury and sub subsequent recovery. So well done to her and congrats on the return. Also, Spurs women just played Aston Villa in the league on the 13th of December. Yesterday's match, which was the last home game of 2020, ended with a winning result. The team grabbed three points with the scoreline that reflected 3-1. Alex Morgan scored in the game, opening up the scoring with a penalty, one in which she created the opportunity. Then Aston Villa came back and equalized in the 24th. Morgan, again, had a second hand, uh, hand in the second goal in the 36th minute, one that was an own goal. And then finally, Ayan scored her first league goal, albeit it was a little bit of a ricocheted goal in the 63rd. And then also last thing I wanted to talk about was, or one of the last things I wanted to talk about was the managerial change. Within, I think, two days of recording the last podcast that was on, both head coaches, Karen Hills and Juana Morris, were let go, and Rianne Skinner was hired on as manager. Skinner has a wealth of experience, so it'll be nice to see how she gets on. And previously to Tottenham, uh, Rianne Skinner was a recent hire as an assistant to Phil Neville's England women's team. And then prior to that appointment, she has had experience at clubs such as Leicester, and maybe I should wish, whisper this, but Arsenal. Uh, in spite of that blemish on her record, Skinner looks to be a good person to be in charge and one that might change up the club's makeup a bit, not drastically, but enough as I think that new ideas were definitely needed. And then before I close out this segment, I did get a question on Twitter from Shubes asking what changes have you noticed with the new management at Spurs Women in terms of playing style and were Karen and Juan always going to be treading water once the Women's Super League had been reached? To address the first part, I do think, and although there's only been two matches under Skinner now, that we looked a little bit more structured and disciplined in our formation. And although there's been quite a few players in the Spurs women's squad who were, who are creative and have a bit of flair, I've seen a, a few more of those passes or dribbles or skill work in the past few matches 
uh, in the highlights than the other matches this season. Which leads to the second part of the question. I don't think Karen and Juan would always be treading water as the team finished mid-table last year, but I think more of a question of stagnation as well as investment. Similar to what happened with Pochettino, I think the women's team just needed some new ideas and a new viewpoint. Um, and then also I finally wanted to broadcast that uh, before picking up games again in January, Spurs women play their last league match of 2020 at Chelsea on the 20th of December at 2 p.m. UK time, or rather 8 a.m. Central time if you're in Chicago. Um, that game should be on the FA Player, which is found at faplayer.thefa.com. So if you're able to, then you should watch it. Um, but that's all for me. So as always, feel free to message me on Twitter at Catherine Rupp for Spurs or Spurs Women. And now to Luke. Go ahead, Lucas. All right. Well, <clears throat> here is your Christmas gift of gambling winnings. This could pay for your entire Christmas. Everyone that you need gifts for. Doesn't cover it right now. Chelsea has half a goal tomorrow against Wolves. Got to get this one in quick, but Chelsea's not dropping points twice in a row. Over. God, I think Arsenal's going to score some point and not on the opposition that or on their actually opposition that not on their own the Bamiang and Saints always good for a few goals uh Man City minus two and a half away at West Brom and just drop straight like they have to come out and just slaughter West Brom so minus two and a half block that and leads Newcastle over two and a half I mean that just game that game just screams goals so those are your four. Lock them in. Get them in quick. Christmas will be saved. <laughs> well, th thanks, Lucas. Uh, uh, to go into the second half, like I, I want to handle, take a couple questions before we preview the matches. Um, the first one actually is is good coming off of Catherine's segment, um, but I think we can roll into the the second question that I wanted to go <laughs> into. So the first one is Brook uh, from Brooklyn, eighteen eighty two. So this is James actually has been on uh, the podcast before with us, uh, James from New York. Um, he asks us, is Alex Morgan just a, pe a penalty merchant? Um, <laughs> which I, I think is kind of an attack on uh, like, sports <laughs> players get this reputation for being mostly... Uh, um, just well, like Harry. Harry. Got, yeah, just like Harry got the reputation for being a penalty merchant. Um, um I understand the humor of it, and obviously she's got some serious talent. But yeah, she's gonna sink the penalties just just like Harry. Um, she didn't miss this one though. <laughs> was it? She missed this one. She or she missed one uh, a few weeks ago. Ah. In in uh, penalty shootout. I to kind of go off this question: Is she gonna stick around? Her contract with Tottenham is up at the end of the year like 2020 so i don't know there might be um some talks with orlando or with the national women's soccer league because you never know with uh covid and everything yeah. with how i mean the league no in the fans, US is i don't know how they go. can continue right like a lot of them probably really rely on the small amount of ticket sales that they already well and and with players it's gonna it's gonna rely on playing time and who's yeah. gonna get them playing time so yeah, so th that'll be a uh, quick point, Lucas. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully she can stick around, because if my brother's listening to the podcast, your Christmas gift is an Alex Morgan shirt, so. Let's go. That helps my bet, <laughs> that helps my bet against Sam. <laughs> Everybody go buy Alex Morgan kits, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have a bet with uh, yeah. Sam. So, Matthew. So, so English Sam Matthew. on the podcast uh, does not <laughs> think that. Matthew's listening. That, that Alex Morgan is going to sell a lot of kits, and and we we made this the case that she was going to sell more kits than was it Regulon was the one that we had said. Yeah, which I'm kind of I'm actually way yeah. because fucking because yeah. he's like already like just a legend. Like I'm sure like eight million people are out there buying his jersey right now. But and I already told him I was like I probably took the wrong side. That seems. Bet, but I think that when, seems when like a prediction of bet, when we made the bet. I think I had the right side. Nobody knew Regan was going to fit in and have all, his social media. Man, is so good. Like he just loves Tottenham. You can Kevin, tell. Yeah, that sounds like a like my uh, Indombele won't start five Premier League games bet. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, think about how many probably on the wrong side there. Jerseys though, like yeah. people that weren't even Tottenham fans probably bought them. Yeah, yeah you got to include youth kits as well. So. Yeah, this is true. I well, mean, think um, about all the kids getting Alex Morgan kits for Christmas right now uh, well, from their parents. Bringing the goods. We'll have to check the stats at the end of the season, but I want to roll into Rick's question next. So uh, at Desira, Rick asks us, um, there seems to be a lot of anti-Tottenham stuff in the media at the moment, uh, criticizing our style of play, criticism of Kane, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what, why do you think this is? Jealousy? Animosity? Favoritism to others? Um, why do we think that is? And like, I, We're seeing like the, they're criticizing the way Hurricane backs into people when they're jumping in the air right now. That like, seems to be like a, a fun bashing of him. We see Liv, Liverpool getting all sorts of praise. Like I, I, what drives me nuts is when they talk about Liverpool being co in first place with us. I'm like, no, we have them on goal differential. They would never say that Tottenham was co-first place with Liverpool if Liverpool had us on goal differential, would they? Um, just that sort of thing does irk me. But what do you think, Kevin? I mean, I don't know how anybody can really criticize the way we're playing. We've lost, what, 2-29 and 29 or something like that now under Jose? So that's just, like, that's just clickbait. Like, people looking for clicks, which is what a lot of you know, the media is at this point, um, you need those clicks. That's what generates revenue. So I, I can't really blame any media outlet for trying to get those clicks, but to, and you mentioned the Harry backing into people like don't jump in the air, like a wild animal and expect somebody not to get underneath you. Like you're the, people are always putting players in danger. Maybe let's look at the other side. That player's putting himself in danger by you know, jumping up. That sounds like, oh, you have Harry Kane bias. But like if you if if Diego Costa was doing it, which he did all the time, which is probably where Jose instructed him. Jose's now instructing Harry like it's it's what you do. It's part of the game. Like you win. Why would you not want to win a foul there? Like I, I have no no complaints about anything in that realm. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think it's 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 a uh, 
it's it's part of the new norm, I guess. You know, like there, if if you're not a Liverpool, if you're not a Manchester United, if you're not a City, there's going to be criticism no matter what you do. Um, and I, I I just think who gives a shit is kind of where I'm at. Like I try to avoid Twitter as much as possible before and after games because um, it's it's just very toxic. You know, I think uh, in that the media sees that and they feed into it so that they get those clicks. You know, I, I think that's what it boils down to. Everything in modern society basically revolves around money. And we see that in every sport right now that are continuing to play and try and get fans in the stadiums as quickly as possible. I understand they, the teams need revenue, but it's just, it's very evident that everything right now is in as it should be. I mean, lots and lots of, people and companies and businesses are struggling. So I, I get it, but you know, I just, I don't pay any attention to it basically. Yeah. Uh, Lucas. Kind of piggyback. on Kevin there. The first of all, any, you can, he's played 19 games. He's got 15 goals. and 13. If you don't like the way Harry Kane plays, like fine, fuck off. We'll keep. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And Rick, Rick is very. He gets a little sensitive about like media commentary, but Rick, and no to his way. Point, no, but to his <laughs> point, he's absolutely right. If you think there isn't a bias against us, it's it's very naive of you. There is a massive commentary bias against. Rick. But to Kevin's point, it's who cares? Let it happen. Keep yeah. telling us. We're not good. Fine by me. Keep thinking about like Leicester and Liverpool in this two-horse race to the title. Fine by me. We'll see at the end. We'll see at the finish line and with Jose Mourinho and Harry Clay. It doesn't bother me. If anything, it fuels me. And when you have somebody like Harry Kane, who gets fueled by everything, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's the he's the it's Michael like that Jordan. Jordan documentary thing like, where he's yes. like, I took he loves to say that. He's that, bad yes, that and you like, and you have to be you have to be that kind of like crazy to be the best of the best of the best, and that's who Harry Kane is. So keep telling Harry Kane he can't do something. He'll yeah, do it. Please keep it. He'll going. find a way. Yeah. So like the media, please. Yeah. Tell us we're not going to leave. Yeah. Uh, Jose's different. See at the finish line. Catherine, do you have anything to add? No. Okay. Well, uh, let's go to the next. Uh, we have one more question before we preview the Liverpool and Leicester games. Uh, so Kyle Mates asks us. Uh, I I used to say Gunners fans enjoyed watching Spurs lose more than seeing their club win. With AFTV and troops at, at Barstool embarrassing them, are we? starting to do the same i'd rather see us win than watch them lose any day uh, and obviously uh, we know arsenal uh blew it this week they had uh Zaka, uh sent off with a red card and then uh obama yang scored an own goal on their own team and uh, it was kind of an embarrassing loss for arsenal who who went from uh they could have been in 14th place but went back down to 15th place uh with, with this loss so um, uh, do we get too excited about it, uh, Kevin? Well, we don't have Arsenal or we don't have Tottenham fan TV, 
So we don't bring it upon ourselves to put out this content to like, you gotta think like they're making money off of the, you know, they make more money off of the videos when they lose. Right. Because you get the Tottenham fans, you get the Chelsea fans, you get all these other fans who flock to the channel to see what they're, you know, to see their videos. So they are literally making money off of being miserable and their club's failures. So, I mean, I don't give a shit. I watch it all the time. I think it's hilarious. I think troops at Barstool is like, as somebody who absolutely despises Barstool, it just fits perfectly because I can despise them even more now because they have that asshole on with them. And it's just, and like, they are an absolute clown show. So it's very hard to not find pleasure in the situation they've like found themselves in. And it's going to be very interesting to see how long they keep Arteta because I don't know how long you can hold them. The stretch of games they have coming up, they could be in the bottom three by January, like very easily. Um, And that's saying a lot with the three teams that are down there that are just, I mean, Fulham's starting to play a little bit better. So that, uh, that might help, but I mean, they, they are flirting. I, I doubt, very highly doubt. It's like West Ham last year. We were all getting a little bit excited. They were down in relegation zone and everything, but I don't think they're going to get relegated. They have way too much. Well, really, they have like three guys who are talented enough to keep them up, I think. But when you look, even when you look at their lineup, like imagine having that defense. Um, sorry. Uh, imagine having that defense at, like in your lineup, I would just be embarrassed. Yeah. Like just, there's like nobody back there. I I enjoy that. I certainly enjoy that. Thank Lucas. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk like tactically about Arsenal. That could be, but I think, no, do we enjoy like anyone that was, there was a poll up from a, popular Spurs Twitter account, which rather win the league and it means that like Arsenal finish 10th or something, or you finish top four and Arsenal gets relegated, but we also get another trophy. Like, what would you take? It's like the, the results were like very, very heavy towards the Arsenal getting relegated one, but it's like, that's all crap. Like any actual Tottenham supporter knows the moment it's us and not them. And if you were to select Oh, I, I want to see Arsenal get relegated rather than peace. It's absolute crap, and it's just there's no there's no way to really like. And I sound a little like power wielding there, but like the most important thing is us. Like we want to win stuff, and no, we're not becoming them because we enjoy taking if we have a bad day and they have a worse day like yeah of course we're going to tune into AFTV and have a laugh that's all that but it's no we're not becoming them to answer the question yeah well and, and to go into Kyle's other question like uh who knows when we're going to wear the the green kit third kit or whatever but uh that was his other question oh, but, uh, what is that kit though yeah. is that a fourth kit hopefully not no it's our third no, the yellows the are third. Yellows right? are third. I oh, it's our away, but mm-hmm. yellows are alternate. But yeah, we're gonna wear the yellow over the green every time. Yeah, and if we're not we wearing should. yellow, then we're gonna wear white. Like, 
that's a very strange color to choose as a any any kit for us i think um yeah. it just doesn't really make like especially because yellow has a history with tottenham like yeah. we wear yellow a lot um and then white obviously i mean any chance we have we're gonna wear white so i don't know that's a that is a nike lost the plot on that jersey i think yeah no i i, I hear that too uh, but uh, we have so much to talk about. I want to get into these two previews, so let's let's roll with this. Uh, so this Wednesday, so just two days from uh, when this podcast will be aired, uh, we take on Liverpool. As much as I think we have most to talk about this, I'll, we'll try not to spend too much time because the uh, shelf life on it won't last as long as our other matches. But currently, uh, Liverpool sits in second place in the league behind Tottenham Hotspur. Um with 25 points, that's seven wins, four draws, and one loss. They're, uh, most recently, they drew Fulham 1-1 one, one on this past weekend. Prior to that, they beat the Wolves, beat Ajax, uh, drew Brighton, and lost to Atalanta. Um, um, upcoming, they take on Crystal Palace, so the team that we just had to face this weekend. They take them on away this uh, upcoming Saturday the 19th. Um, uh, their top goal scorer right now is Mo Salah with nine. Uh, Diego Jada with five is behind him, and Mane has four behind him. Top assists is Andrew Robertson with three. Salah and Firmino both have two behind him. Um, Salah is their top-rated player with 7.81, and Mane is behind him with 7.59. The last five times that we've faced uh, Liverpool, I hate to say it, has been five consecutive losses. Um, so um, we all, uh, January 20, 2020 was the last time we, we, we lost at our home. Um, we lost at their home prior to that in October 2019. We go back to the Champions League final in June 2019 where we lost. We don't have to go back to that. We could skip that one. And uh, we can go back to March 2019 and September 2018, then lost, 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 lost. Um, how do we feel about this one? Is this a different Tottenham Hotspur? Is this a different Liverpool? Uh, Kevin had his hand up first. Uh, yes to both. Uh, different Tottenham, different Liverpool. Um, I think this is maybe the best time to be playing them. Um, they've lost Jota for two months, so he's out for sure. That's, that's all I was. That's what I was going to ask about. Was Diego playing or no? Like he's out for yeah, he's out for at least two months, two to sure. three months is what Klopp said. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, he did not play at the weekend. Salah played eighty six minutes, so he played just as much basically as Harry and Son. Uh, he also played ninety minutes in their Champions League match uh, at midweek, so he's playing a lot of minutes. Um, yeah, their defense is absolute shambles uh, without Virgil back there. They are lost. Um, they don't look anything like the Liverpool that we've played in those last five matches, basically, that you talked about, Anthony. Yeah. I think it's still obviously going to be very tough, but I think if you were going to pick a time to play Liverpool, this is it. Um, they're just, they don't look good. Klopp is losing his mind. He's attacking reporters uh, on TV. Like, he is not the quote-unquote nice guy that everybody thought he was. You know, he had this reputation kind of of being very happy-go-lucky, 
joking with reporters, having a good time, and he's, you know, he is very, very clearly upset uh, with his position. And it's very strange. One of the things he complains the most about is this fixture congestion, yet he played Salah in a game that did not matter for them. They'd already won their group, and he still plays them. So it's very strange stuff going on at Liverpool. I think I think this is a great time to play him. I think we have a very, very good opportunity here to get three points at Anfield, which is something we have not done in I don't even know how long. I mean, a very, very long time. Um, to be it's interesting to both times that we draw Liverpool this season are both midweek matches. Like both of our Premier League matches against them fall in the middle of a week. So it's not like a normal weekend match where we can get ready and like it. So that, that throws a little bit crimp into it. But I'm definitely liking what I'm hearing from you, Kevin. It sounds and it sounds like you you're right. We there are. The, if, if there's any time to draw Liverpool, this might be it. Maybe this is the they're ripe for the picking at their hat home right now and this is the, the the best situation that we could fall into since we have to face them eventually uh lucas um i think <clears throat> i i don't want to fully say like this um point i mean he's not wrong i mean anytime you play mane Firmino, and salah up front like that's a team that can hurt you no matter who you are um sure so this is one of those games that i hope to his other point, their defense is symbolic. So what I'm hoping is very much like what I talked about with like Palace, how Palace's only way to get at you is through that counterattack. It's the opposite. Leeds and Liverpool are that we're going to throw number one and we're going to bombard you. But they don't have a plan. So if that's what we expect them, then I very much hope we do what we did against City and we did against Chelsea and against Arsenal and say, go ahead, throw numbers forward at us, and we will hit you on the break and accept this time your defense isn't what it was at City or Chelsea. Like, your defense is, like, a bunch of slags. So we'll take that. And I hope that they throw numbers forward and we have the same kind of strategy that we had against those other teams where I don't like to use park the bus, but, like, let's keep our shell and hit them on the counter. If we can do that, I could see us winning this game Nine yeah. times out of ten. Uh, Catherine? Well, I uh, looked at the highlights of the last two matches that we played with them. Uh, in October of 2019, it was the one that Kane scored after 47 seconds, so it was really quick. He had a low diving header. Um, and we had Erickson still. Deli and Winks were also in the starting 11. So like what Kevin was saying, it's a completely different team. Gazaniga was starting because Hugo was injured. I think. Um, Broke his arm, right? Was that when his arm was broken? I I think so. Yeah. Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. And so... He broke it at Brighton like a month before. It it must have been. Yeah. And so we have a completely different team. Um, But also, Henderson had the equalizer after... There was just so much sloppiness from our defense. And so, kind of like what Lucas was saying, though their defense is kind of shambolic. And so it's kind of like how theirs currently is, was how ours was. And then also the last uh, game that we played was a 1-0 at home in January of 2020. Kane was injured, I think. So he was not playing or or on the bench. Uh, Gazaniga and Erickson started again. 
but also this was the like the renaissance of Tanganga because he started his first match it was against Liverpool he had so many he he was just lights out that game and as was Gazaniga but we could have drawn or beaten them in both of those games because as I was watching through the highlights like there were so many instances where we just didn't finish and similar to the Crystal Palace game that we were just talking about like half an hour ago um we just need to finish our chances and if we have games even similar to what we had the last two times that we played Liverpool and we finish our chances then we'll be good but we also do have to watch out for like what you guys were saying earlier they have Mane and they have Salah and who else oh Firmino so they do have a formidable formidable attack too yeah. Um, oh, uh, Lucas? Yeah, very quick. Uh, totally agree. And finishing chances is what I always scream and harp on about. But it always comes down to the 11 of the players on the pitch. But this might be the first time in a long time that I've seen a game that could be Like It's going to be very interesting to see these two massive egos, like just Klopp's to go try and crack that defense or just if I do that, I could get slaughtered at the back and contact the ball, which could throw us off. So it, it's going to be really creative. Like, who's the manager that actually gets it done? I, I, I think that if it's a manager versus manager, Jose has the, uh, the, the I would take him every time. Uh, I think Klopp's ego at this point yeah. Is very very large, and I don't think he. So he might. Can, I don't us. think he can. I don't think he can pull it back. I think he's gonna come very hard uh, really? at 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 us, and because he can't sit back, they don't have the defense to sit back and try to like absorb any pressure. I think they they're gonna be very wide open. I think it's gonna be. I, I think it could be. Uh, I I hate to say this. Because I feel like it's like super jinxing us, but we could nah, slaughter. We could slaughter them. Sorry, my three-year-old just busted into the room. Um, I, I, I really, I, I think this could get could could be very fun to watch for a Tottenham fan, um, just with the situation that they're in and everything. So, you know, I, I take us every time. No, and good point there with uh, Jose and. In Klopp, like Klopp has, uh, uh, c- certainly, like he, he's he's going to have a, a style where he feels like he has to come after us, um, and this isn't quite the same Liverpool that we are facing. So, the the location of itself of itself, like the the away fixture for us, has never been a good fixture, which is what. Um, has me worried, but if there's any coach out there that will find a way to pull some a rabbit out of a hat at, on the road against Liverpool, it it might be Jose. Um, and if I, there's what, if Anthony, if there's any time to go play them away, it's with no fans. That helps too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So um, I want to go to Sai's third question, which is uh, if, if Sai, all the questions today. <laughs> 
If if healthy, does uh, Bale get the nod on Wednesday? Um, so do we think uh, Bale starts this this match against the, uh, or is this going to be Bergvine again, uh, Kevin? I thought at the weekend that maybe that's what was happening, but then it came out that it was an illness, so he might not even be healthy. We, he may not even be on the bench. I think. Um, and is this like is this where you want to throw him in? You know, yeah. Uh, to his first Premier League start at Anfield, or maybe that's exactly what he needs. You know, maybe that's he's just gonna if he can play sixty minutes, throw him in there. I, they have no defense, and, and it, with if he can give us sixty good minutes of pace and be able to run at them, it's a it's it's not a bad spot to put him in. I don't think so. Well, he yeah, doesn't provide it, us much on the defense. Is, but I don't think we will need it as much, especially if you have Sissoko and Hoiberg in the midfield. They are gonna, they should be able to handle a lot um, and help him, cover for him. Um, I don't know. If he's healthy, I don't think this is a bad spot to throw him in there and just let him, let him go. Even for the set-piece potential. Right, uh, right? exactly, yeah. I uh, mean, we, I'm sorry, Lucas? Go ahead. Uh, no, I was, it's the key word in the question. Um, healthy might not mean like the still 100% fit that we would need him to. Because we just talked about like this might be a game that we sit back, let them have the ball, and try and hit him on the break. And if Bale, who we know he's the most, one of the most unique talents on our team, but if he doesn't have that like breakaway pace like Lucas does, it might be more beneficial to have Lucas if we're going to try and hit him with speed and hit him on the break. It might be more beneficial to have Bale on the bench and have Lucas is a waste man, though. And because if we're going to try and hit him on the break, we're going to need. I'd rather have Stevie than Lucas, to be honest. But the only I, reason I, I say Lucas. Instead of honestly, the only reason I say Lucas instead of Steve is because Steve just started, which makes me think there's some kind of rotational thing that Jose's doing. Like it's either going to be in the same way we see it's either LaCelso or I could see Danny, and he's got the fresh legs. He's a Duracell rabbit, he's always up for it. Like, I think he could be the workhorse that we need to try and get this team on the break. I, but Bergvine's gotten, like, the the last, like, three uh, – no, four Premier League starts now. <laughs> At least three, yeah. Yeah. Might be four. But yeah, that's – so, I mean, it's, it's – I just don't see – on I don't see Lucas being the uh, – Two days rest. I, I, I don't see Lucas starting here. But. I think the other question is who plays against Leicester, who is a counterattacking team? Yeah. Um, Steve is probably a better option there because of his defensive work rate, getting back, helping on the uh, defense. So I, I really don't want to see Lucas, though. I think he's an absolute waste man most of the time. Um, he just gives the ball away. His, not you, Lucas. Uh, <laughs> um, just, I don't know. I don't think it's, I love him. He's obviously a club legend for what he did against Ajax. He will always have a very special place in my heart. But when Liverpool is this uh, fragile, this vulnerable, I just feel like we need to have guys out there who can like finish the job. And I just feel like he just gives the ball away too much. 
in our own or in their third. So, um, but who else plays? I don't know. Uh, I guess a good, yeah, I don't know. It's a yeah. that that position is the one question, right? Like yeah. who plays every game? I think uh, every, I feel I feel like almost else everything else we know. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be Reggion, it's gonna be Dyer, it's gonna be Toby, Sissoko. it's gonna be Serge, it's gonna be Hoiberg, it's gonna be Sissoko, it's gonna be Harry, it's gonna be Sun. It's like who's who's the one the one other guy? Um so I don't know. I, I trust Jose to play whoever he thinks is gonna be the most electric. So Yeah. No, definitely. Um well let's go to predictions here. Um Let's start with Catherine this time for predictions. So I think that I have two predictions. I think that it'll either be a 2-2 draw or a 3-1 win. And I think the goal scorers for the 2-2 draw would be either Kane and Sun. And the 3-1 win would be Kane, Sun, and a dire header. Love it. <laughs> we can do that. We can do two predictions <laughs> Are doing that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nobody stopped me. Uh, L- Lucas, uh, let's go to you next. Uh, 2 1 to Spurs. And it's going to be Kane and Lucas. K- Kane and Benicius. I like that. Um, that's an interesting prediction. Uh, Kevin, what do you have? No, I said, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Breaking up. Wait, <laughs> Lucas. Who who is your goal scores? I'm sorry. Could you not? Did it break up? It wasn't Benicius. It was Kane and Lucas. He said oh, Lucas. Lucas. We we heard the us. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Catherine stole mine. I was gonna say three one. <laughs> Which Tottenham. one? <laughs> I don't think we can keep a clean sheet, but I think we score some goals. Um, it's, you know, my three goal scorers, obviously you can't not pick Harry and son right now. Um, and my third, I'm going to say Harry get, I'm going to say, uh, who gets two? I don't know. Son or Harry. I think son gets two because we're going to, he's going to destroy their defense. He's just going to run at them. Um, you know, their fullbacks are still amazing, mm-hmm. but they have not been nearly as good as they were last year. And um, Alexander so I, Arnold is just coming back from injury. Yeah, he played the, at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he has, he has really looked a step below his performance from last year, even before the injury. Um, mm-hmm. As a big fantasy guy, everybody bought, had him in the squad at the beginning of the year, and he, he was immediately moved out by a lot of people very quickly, myself included. Um, so he's just... They're they're still very very good, but without Virgil in the middle to kind of lead them and to protect them, I don't think they have as much freedom. So I think Sun will be able to really get at them because uh, they still try to get forward. It just doesn't work work quite as well. Uh, not having the having, I mean, some somebody on this podcast said that Virgil was one of the worst signings of all time. I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name any names. I uh, know I'm not. Gonna, no, it, that was Rick. Uh, sorry, but Rick. Come he's back probably one podcast of, to defend yourself. Yeah. But you certainly said that, despite the fact that I sat there and watched the same 
matches yeah. with you talking about how good this guy was when he I was mean, he, he is he's probably one of the best defensive signings in Premier League history. Yeah. Um, I mean, he single-handedly changed that defense for Liverpool. So without him, I just I, I feel like Sun can get at him. So I'm going to say Sun two, Harry one, and Salah probably gets theirs. It's probably some dodgy fucking penalty that they should not get. Um, but yeah. You know, VAR is definitely on Liverpool's side. I don't know if anybody saw that foul in their game. Oh, yeah. On F- Fabinho's foul. Like, how is that not a penalty? I don't understand. Uh, it's only the second <laughs> time ever that a uh, ref's gone to the uh, monitor and changed his mind. I- I'm sure we all know the other one. The first one being Hoybeer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just fucking insane that it- those are the two things. But, um, yeah, I think 3-1. I'm very, very confident going into this game. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to be a little bit more reserved. I do think this is going to be a draw. I think we'll be happy to get a draw away from it. Um, oh, we'll I, definitely be happy for the draw. Yeah, I mean, I think the draw might lead to us being knocked out of first place but, um, by maybe Chelsea or Leicester. But, um, but I still think it's uh, the the likely result and we'll have to just bounce back in the next week and try and uh, come back from that. Um, but I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. I'm going to give a, a goal to Sun and a goal to Harry because that's always a safe bet, I think, uh, and when you pick those two as your goal scorers. Um, we do have a, a weekend match that we have to go into. <laughs> we'll try to uh, um, roll through this one a little bit faster. Uh, but we knew Liverpool we're going to have to put some time into. Uh, but we take away Leicester City at home this uh, this Sunday. That's uh, another eight fifteen match here in Chicago. Uh, so slightly earlier, but not the super early game. Um, so currently, uh, Leicester City sits in uh, second. No, this. Oh, I'm I'm on Liverpool. So, and they're sitting in third place in the league right now with twenty four points. That's eight wins, zero draws, and four losses. Most recently this weekend, they beat Brighton uh, 3-0. I think Kevin got some points on his fantasy team for that one. I ragged on him about being excited <laughs> about. But um, uh, but now they're right behind us in the league. Um, prior to that, they beat uh, Athens, uh, uh, beat Sheffield, beat Zoria, and then uh, lost to Fulham. Um, upcoming, they take Everton... Um, Oh, uh, 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 they take on Everton at home on twelve sixteen. That's a Wednesday match. Uh, their top goal scorer is uh, Jamie Vardy with ten. Uh, Thielmans and Barnes both have three behind him. Vardy is their top assist man uh, with four. Uh, Castagna and, and Under are behind him with two. Uh, Vardy's their top rated with seven point six eight, and uh, Thielman's is behind him with seven point two three. The last five times that we faced uh, Leicester, we've actually handled them fairly well. Uh, this past July, uh, we beat them three nil over the summer. Most of us will remember. Uh, prior to that, in September twenty nineteen, they did we did lose to them two one, um, and then we beat them the the prior three engage the prior three engagements. Um, so I'm a little tongue-tied now, but we got to wrap up this co- podcast fast. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about this match. Uh, what do you guys think on this Leicester City match? Uh, a lot depends upon what happens with Liverpool, doesn't it, uh, uh, Kevin? Yeah, I think 
their defense is shit. Uh, they give up a lot of goals. Um, so I think we can go at them. Uh, the flip side of that is they fucking score a lot of goals. Uh, as much as you hate him, Fardy is he's so good. Like I love watching that guy play soccer. Um, just he's clinical. His vision's great. He's still very very pacey uh, for his age. You know he's getting up there, but he's still just he gets behind defenses. Um, the you know that's but I think our organization under Jose is going to really stop him. Um, I don't, I, you know, I, it's hard to say he's not going to get on the score sheet just because of he's Jamie Vardy. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a team that we, as Tottenham fans, we should all hate because they kind of almost, if you want to look at it this way, took a title from us. Um, but they're also kind of hard to hate because it was like such a nice Cinderella story and all that good stuff. I like a lot of the guys on their team, but I don't know. This is a big match. It's almost as big as Liverpool um, with the table. You know, they're one point behind us. They have, like you said, they have Everton, who's just leaking goals all over the place. They can't stop anybody from scoring uh, except for Chelsea. Is that That's who Chelsea just lost to, right? Yeah, yeah. that's who Chelsea just lost um, to. So... Yeah, it this game, I feel like a lot of it, like you said, Anthony, kind of almost depends on what happens at Liverpool. Um, you know, I could see, I could see almost any result happening here. We could lose, we could draw, or we could win. That's like fantastic analysis by somebody on a podcast. <laughs> but um, it's just there's there's like two Leicesters. There's the Leicester who is able to get behind defenses and score goals. And there's the Lester that can't break down a defense uh, who sits back. So, and I could definitely see us sitting back in this game and playing their game against them. And I think that favors us because we're more talented overall. Yeah. Uh, Lucas. So this is the exact thing that I was talking about with how when I made the analogy with how Pochettino, we didn't learn from things. And under Jose, we have learned from things. And this is the exact game that sets up for it. Against Palace, we didn't have that idea of playing a team that likes to sit back and counterattack. We didn't really know what our game plan was. So this is the exact game that we learned from it. And it says, hey, Lester, have the ball. Come to London, have the ball. And we would love to let them have the ball. Oh, and we will smash them on the break, which is exactly what they like to do. Like, I think this is the game that we learn. We just played a team on Sunday that, like, we're another one next Sunday. This is how Jose will have his boys ready to learn from what we did wrong yesterday. And we'll act, I think we'll see us be defensive. And again, don't let Vardy beat us. You said yourself when you read out those stats, like, Vardy has has 10, I think the next guy's three. Three. Telemans. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, okay. We'll have Dyer or, or Joe Roden. Like, you go sit there and you mark Vardy and you don't let him out of your sight. I think the diff- the one thing I'd add to is stand up. Is, I think, hasn't Madison been out? And he's yeah. back now. So, yeah, okay, good. good. That, that is a second person yeah, that yeah. they have. But I, I, I agree. It. If with he your beats point. us, if. He's more of like a playmaker. It's like if if 
than a goal scorer necessarily. If you're if you're if you're playing Arsenal, it's like take, take away a bombing and let's beat me. If that happens, I'm especially on the counterattack. And if somebody else, if Madison has the game of his life and puts in a hat trick off some weird goals or something, that's fine. That happens. That's football. But I'm not going to let Jamie Vardy or Jamie Vardy beat me at home. It's not going to happen. Mark him. Let them have the ball. And we'll hit them on the break. Uh, Kevin, you wanted to respond? It looked like. Uh, just the only thing I would say is Vardy scores goals away from home. Uh, I think, I think it's like nine of his ten are away from home this year. Uh, so that is a little, like Rick would say, Oh, it doesn't matter. Stats don't fucking matter. But like, that is like his game. But I think that's usually because when he's at home, teams don't let him get behind defenses. They're sitting back a lot more. But like I said before, I I think we sit back. I think we counter and destroy them. I, I, I don't think they're that good. Like they've played a lot of their schedule has been very favorable. Uh, in the league, they have only played. Uh, well, I guess they destroyed City, right? But other than that, they have not played anybody. Um, from what I'm looking at, like Arsenal's, like the only other team they've played. And Arsenal's a bottom table, team. right? Like, I mean, so. yeah, I mean, looking at who they've played, they haven't really played anybody. Uh, West Ham destroyed them. And City, they destroyed City. That's it. That, everybody else they've played is bottom half of the league. Um, and Liverpool destroyed them as well. Yeah. Yes. So everybody that's good that they've played other than City has beat them. Um, so I, I don't see, I don't think they're as good as the points like lead you to believe they are. And, yeah. and they're definitely like one injury away from disaster. Like if Vardy gets hurt, they are done. They have nothing. I think Catherine was next. And... Oh, Lucas can. Okay. No, I just, yeah, it was just quickly on what Kevin was saying with Vardy. Thanks, Kevin. It's just that, like, you can only, like, Vardy gets behind defenses. Yes, on the break. Right. He That's... scored against Arsenal on the break because Arsenal was attacking. If we let them have the ball, the only reason that they destroyed City was because they got a penalty early, went up 1-0, and now City was throwing numbers forward, which played exactly into their hands. Yeah. So if we let them have the ball... We'll hit them on the break, and then they will have nothing to do. It will be we do what we do best. Yes, Kevin's absolutely right. They're good on the break. No one's better. They got Vardy on the break. We have Son, Kane. We have guys that can horrify you on the break. So let them have the ball, and and I think we'll learn. This will be an easy game. No. Uh, yeah. Any any final points before we get to predictions, Catherine? Well, I um, mine was a little bit more generic, but I think that the September 2019 game that we lost to them was a bit of an aberration, just because we had it has been a more comfortable win when we've played Leicester, and even though they're sneakily high up in the table, similar to Southampton and West Ham, by the way, um, but similar to what the guys have been saying, Jamie Vardy is pretty much the only player who kind of sticks out to you besides. They do have good, solid players, but and who are steady. But they have Madison, Telemans, James, Justin. But nobody else really is like balls to the wall type of player. And 
they're not convincing. Like I, I was looking through their uh, highlights as well. And Vardy had to get an extremely late game winner in the 90th when they won two, uh, one against Brighton. Um, and then Sheffield. they lost Sheffield. They beat. Brighton. Oh yeah. 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 Um, it was a last minute. Goal previous one. Yeah. Their most yeah, yeah. previous one after or before Brighton um, was Sheffield who are bottom of the table too. Um, they lost to Fulham 2-1. They yep. lost to Liverpool 3-0. And they only beat Arsenal 1-0 by a Vardy 80th minute winner. So it's like I have more confidence in this game than I do with Liverpool. But also like you, you can't not take them competitively because they are, they're in the table. We've seen what they've done in the past. Uh, they, ha- they have the most wins in the table too. So... I don't know what where I'm getting at with this, but you can go. <laughs> well, I, my my point is like uh, similar to how we might be hitting Liverpool at the right time, like the lucky time for us. They might be hitting Leicester might be hitting us at the lucky time uh, because we you know we're we've got Liverpool that we're thinking about first. After that, we ha- we've got like a League Cup, like a, a, Jose wants that trophy. Uh, just so he can put it in the the bag. It's stoked though. It, it, winning it, and it's Stoke City, but it's something that we we're, we're going to be looking at, and then we take on Wolves after that. And granted, like Leicester is obviously the team we got to take more seriously than Wolves at this point, but like they could sneak in as that team that's like sitting there in third place. Like they can benefit from us, uh, um, like either drawing or or losing to Liverpool and then they, they could uh, sneak to the top of the table with a, a good win against us. So they, they might be hitting us at the lucky time for them if we're looking at it from their perspective. And I agree with everything that you guys are saying. Vardy is obviously the key if we can take Vardy out of the game. And I think Jose will have that plan. Uh, but I have a little bit more fear about this one than, than, uh, than, than you guys. I think they're, there, there is some potential for this to be a, a, a bad day out for us. Um, I hate to say it, uh, but like Lucas, uh, like you look like very you quick, very quick. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I was just gonna say, like at the same time, though, though they have Everton on Wednesday. Am yeah. I right? On yeah. That? Like they have, they have Everton, so it's it's not like they can just rest guys and get ready for us. We can. We have such a deep squad for the first time, I think, forever, that we can actually rotate guys that need to start and treat the Stoke game like the Europa game and still get the job done. So I think we don't have to worry about that Stoke game on the back end. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kevin? Uh, no, I'm good. I think oh, I thought you were raising your I'm sorry. Yeah. No, uh, I'm typing on my thing. I'm trying to look at what Stoke's position is in the... In their table. Yeah, but uh, regardless, I think this is probably a good spot to go to. They're eighth. MVP. Yeah. We're trying to do predictions, not MVP, LVP. (laughs) MVP of the game that hasn't happened yet. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm going to predict that it's Harry Kane. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, write that one one down, Tommy. (laughs) Let's go to predictions. So let's start with Kevin. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0. Um, I think we shut Vardy down like we've been talking about, and I think we just score some goals. Um, I think it turns out to be a 
I think it's going to be easier than it seems. And, and I know that's a wild concept for Tottenham fans because like no game is ever easy, but this one just feels like it is in our favor in all aspects. Like our midfield should dominate their midfield. Our defense should be very organized under Jose. Like I, I just don't, I feel like two nils is a very, uh, probable scoreline for us and I think it's going to be surprise surprise Harry and Son score okay and they probably assist each other because that's just what we do you know <laughs> which we haven't even really mentioned that they're already like almost breaking the record yeah. for connections in a season and we're a third a third of the way through the season it's yeah. literally insane. It, it is insane. We've talked about it on the podcast a bit, but yeah, it, it is insane. It's anywhere it's going. Uh, Lucas, your prediction next? Uh, easy. 2-0. Uh, Sun, Bale. Bale, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that Bale could get... If he doesn't make it into Liverpool then uh, for, for an extended period of time, then oh, it's potential. Yeah, they could start here. Um, Catherine? I am also jumping on this 2-0 bandwagon, and I think kind of like what Lucas was just saying about how we can have heavy rotation, I think it'll be Lo Celso and Bale. Oh, wow. No Harry or Son. That's a a prediction right there. You know what? Why not? They eventually have to not score, right? Just throw throw some names on the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna say mine's mine. I'm changing it. Mine's gonna be an Aubameyang own goal. He's <laughs> gonna it, come onto it, the pitch. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna sell him. I'm like, it has to be. It can't just always be Kane and Son. <laughs> um, but it can. It can always be Kane and Son. I'm gonna be the pessimist here. I like. I I have. Oh the, dear. I have the fear that this is the one that we kind of blow in this that this bubble that we're in. Um, I know, uh, like I'm I'm seeing the booze, but I I think we lose this one two one. What? <laughs> I do. Like I just have a feeling, like if especially if we pull off Liverpool, you don't lose games, guy. <laughs> yeah, like uh, all this positivity, and you're gonna come in and you should have a lost. And so that, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Four Star Spurs podcast. Anthony sends us off on a high note. I got a two-one loss and three-two no wins. I don't often pick. A, I just got a bad feeling about this particular one with the, with everything else that's coming up. Um, um, I, I think uh, Harry's probably our goal scorer, regardless. Uh, um, I hope I'm wrong, but like I, I just I got a bad feeling about this one. Um, well, any final points on this before we wrap up the episode? Because we've gone long. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. I, 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 I've got good feelings about that, too, and I hope you're right. Um, uh, well, th- thank you, everybody, for being on. Thanks, Kevin, Catherine, Lucas. Uh, but that about wraps it up. So thanks to Tommy for editing and sound tonight, Charlie for the music, Kevin for social media, Catherine for Spurs Women Update, Lucas for Luke's Locks. Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill for giving us a place to watch when we can. Um, find our merchandise on Big Head Media. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast, or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Stars Spurs and our website at 4 Come on, you